four fans unite welcome to another episode of tay and jay's horror slice where we'll be diving into the depths of horror films by giving our honest opinions get your popcorn ready and let's go back with another one back with another one all right this week we're going to be working on your favorite horror movie uh the autopsy of jane doe this movie was released on september 9th 2016 so you know we're doing a little uh movie from the past uh it got a 87 percent on rotten tomatoes directed by andre overydell i don't know if i'm saying that right just like the last time these people's names man i'm telling you um starring owen kelly emil hirsch and brian cox i actually have seen a few things that brian cox was in he's a really good actor yes um, I think the first thing I ever seen him in honestly was the ring. Yeah, that actually might be the thing. I'm not, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you. I, I I've seen him in a few things. I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but the ring is definitely the most the most prevalent movie that I remember seeing him in for sure. True, true. So when it comes to the autopsy of Jane Doe, yes, I. Thoroughly love that movie. I think it is too underrated. And yes, Owen Kelly, who was, excuse me, playing Jane Doe, I, I think that she deserved a complete Oscar for that role. I mean, to lay there through an entire movie. Like, that was her role, just to lay there through the entire movie. And I've checked, because I do this thing where I always check to see if a person's breathing, because it's fun to me. She, I, like, I was convinced she was really dead for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she oh my gosh, she and there were so many things that they did where she had to stand still, like she had to with the uh um them opening one of her eyes and she had to keep the eye open but keep oh. the other one closed okay. and no, okay, you know how many times I tried. I still try to this day. I was just saying that 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 is more <laughs> that is a lot more difficult than people think. To open one eye without fluttering your other eye. Like, that is insane to be able to do. And she did it flawlessly. And, you know, they had to open her mouth and close yeah. her mouth and all of these things. <laughs> and she had to she had to move with them to make every to make you believe she was dead. Like it, it was it was phenomenal acting or lack of thereof i don't even know how you would even <laughs> because she she real life just laid there and killed the role like yes. I've, I, I've seen people i've seen actors try so hard to get a role down packed and completely fell at it and she was able to just lay there and <laughs> we being dead <laughs> exactly like we were just talking about there was a movie that we seen and somebody was supposed to be dead and we seen them in the background moving like what, yeah. what are you doing <laughs> like you're supposed to be dead you should not be moving at all exactly. like come on man um i will say you know i definitely i definitely did enjoy the opening credits with the leaves and like that you know sound of kind of like a like a small storm coming um and the words being buried under you know the leaves and they were just revealing it so it was very very good symbolism for what you were um, about to witness and i really appreciated that about the movie 
you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I actually really agree with that uh, 100%. Like, everything, like we said in the, the last episode, like, symbolism is very important in your movies. And, like, they, they had small, minute details that, you literally had to watch this movie a few times to catch every little thing. Like, there was little things that they did that you might not have paid attention the first watch. And you had to see it again and be like, yo, I didn't even notice that. Like, there was some, yeah. I can't remember what, I can't even remember because we just watched it. But there was something that happened. I was like, dang, I didn't even notice that until, <laughs> until just now. I think it was... Okay, because you, I do remember you saying that. And I think it was, um, I'm trying to think back to that moment. Because it didn't even dawn on me at that moment. Oh, I, this is going to drive me crazy. I know. I know. I, don't, I, I, I should have wrote it down while I was thinking about it, but I, di- I didn't. I didn't do it at all. It'll come back to me in a minute. Um, okay. <laughs> also... The upside down intro to the house representing the turbulence that our protagonists, our protagonists, excuse me, are about to experience. I really like that, I, and it took me up until this moment to really, really pay attention to. Like they just put so much detail into, you know, the movie. Um, and then like you know, after that you got the house, house looking very clean on the outside, then that gory scene on the inside. Um, it was. It was awesome. So I almost, and I do use that word lightly, I almost want to see what happened to them, like the people in the house beforehand, because it's like, yo, what was happening? You had gunshot wounds, like things was just crazy on the in the inside. But um, I do think that they wanted to show Austin and Tommy's storyline to show us what uh would have happened. But it would have been nice to know, like. Who the hell are these people? Like, how we got to know them. And, like, why was only one half of her body buried? And also, why did they bury it? You know what I mean? Like, it it just, there were so many questions like that that were unanswered. But I think that it was, they did their job by showing us during the movie, like, how crazy it got. The difference is, like, what Tommy said, is that nobody could see what they saw. So, I'm just imagining, like, how did that get that far? And they wasn't even doing nothing to the woman. Like, well, again, I don't know. I don't know if they hurt her. I don't know if they stabbed her, you know, or whatever. Only for the simple fact that she's able to heal her body. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly that. I mean, kind of the same things you said uh, in the beginning of uh, what you were saying where very lightly i do want like there are not many movies out there that i can sit here and say i would want to see a prequel this is one of them i there like the beginning scene is so crazy that you have no choice but to be like what the heck happened and not even just then not even just that scene it's hard to not wonder 
how she even got to that point like how she even got to the point where she is because you know um at a point in the movie they are talking about the salem witch trials and Mm -hmm. you know um tommy was tommy felt in the dead was like there were there were no witches in salem and so it was like almost like they created what they were trying to get rid of by by torturing her and doing all of these things to her so like even if they did a prequel all the way to that point to see the like what she really had to go through Mm -hmm. you know like going through that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like people i mean you know i don't agree with it because i'm all you know i'm all for god and everything (laughs) but you know a lot of people in the world probably will give up their their truth but like their their feelings towards their soul. yeah give up their soul when they're being tortured and you know a lot of things are happening to them and they just want it to be over some people would sell their soul to be like i'll do anything to um relinquish that pain yeah like i mean even for example not even just in a pain standpoint like another movie that we'll be working on a little uh in the future um i'm not gonna go too much in detail but there was a movie that we both enjoy um what is it called with the boy oh eli eli that is what it's called yeah on netflix um where the mother makes a deal so that she can have a son yeah you know like people when they want something so bad and it's just not happening and they're feeling like prayer just isn't working sometimes they talk to somebody else to try to get what they want done so yeah it's it was just, it's just interesting that I, I would really enjoy to see what jane doe did and what she went through to make her feel like i want i want revenge so bad i'm willing to sell my soul for it yeah that i i would definitely want to see that i mean they would butcher that 100%, I believe. Um, of course. Of course. <laughs> like, I don't know, Hollywood makes movies and they, or they make a lot of money and then they're like, oh, I don't know, let me figure out what way I can enhance this and then they just don't take enough time to rewrite another one. Uh, but I think that honestly, like, if the people who wrote Salem, like, because that show's awesome, y'all should check that out. Um, well, it doesn't come on TV anymore. It's only on Hulu, but it's only like up to three seasons. But it's still awesome. I will check it out. Um... But the people who did Salem did that, like did the prequel to this movie, it would be hands down the best thing ever because they pay attention to my details and they tug everywhere and you like, oh, this person's innocent. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. It tugs at your heart. So I think they would be probably the perfect people to, you know, do it. Um, and if y'all do do it, I would like my compensation. <laughs> but... Um, so I like when they had gotten to you know, the mortuary and they show you around. You're like, okay, this is you know whatever. And then like you meet um, Austin and his dad, um, his dad Tommy, excuse me. 
And then like they're doing that, you know, autopsy on that that guy who uh, burns up in the fire or whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, because you get the feel. That's another thing. You start. I like minor details in anything because it makes you understand that character. So you got Tommy talking to him, and you realize that Austin doesn't really want to do that. He wants his way. He's only there because his mom passed away two years ago. So it's just really important that they put those details in there. But um, one detail that will forever bother me is why he washes hands with his gloves on. That will forever get on my nerves. Like, why did he do that? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. Nah, I hear you. Uh, something that I feel, because uh, cause something you said, you said uh, that he didn't want to do that job. Honestly, as I watched it, I feel I feel like he's a little bit of a pushover. Like, I feel like he don't really know what he wants to do. And the reason I say that is because it's very easy to be like, to tell someone like, okay, for example, his girlfriend, she wants him to move away and do all of that. It's very easy to have, when you have someone you love, uh, you care about very much. And they're they're kind of pressuring you to do something for you to be like, okay, I don't even like it no more. Um, because as far as I'm concerned, I don't believe him when he says he don't like it. You think I want to be down there? Like, because it's like the interest he shows in it when his dad is talking is like, it doesn't seem like, Oh, I'm only doing this because my mom passed away. And this is the only thing my dad has. It's like he's very interested. Like, you, your dad told you, go ahead with your girlfriend, go to the movies. But he was so interested in why the sheriff was there. He was like, we can do something later. I'm going to go help my dad because I, I want to know what's going on. Like, you are interested in that line of work. You know what? That makes sense. I didn't think about it like that. I didn't really think about, you know, the fact that he really does actually enjoy work. Like, when you, especially when you explain it, it's like, yeah, he really does enjoy his job for real. You know, he's still, like, you know, people, like, hate their job and they're, like, wanting to go away. It's just kind of, like, they don't really care to do it. Mm-hmm. He does actually care to do it. Um, So that makes sense. I don't care. I want her to die. Anyway, uh, I didn't like her. Um, Yes, but this Always going to be a spoiler alert for you guys, so I hope you watched it before you got on here. Uh, I freaking did not care that she died. I didn't, okay? She was a very annoying pushover type of girlfriend, and I will talk more about pushy girlfriends once I get my, my new podcast up and running so we can talk about the real ugly truth, okay? But pushy girlfriends are annoying, okay? Honestly. Just, like, she's it's been 10 years, and, like, we were talking about that, like, um... That's somebody he was married to, man. Like, yeah, like there, there's no, there's no time limit on grieving. Like, <laughs> his son's grown. Like, and she just died two years ago. Yeah, like, come on, bro. Like, she's, he's, he's sad, and you know, like that's his mom, and that's his dad. Like, you know, she was kind of like that annoying character that, excuse me, where I feel like the movie was allowed to have body, but, it, but it wanted to have more than that too. But we'll get into that in a minute, and it was actually really cool. But yeah, I really didn't. I didn't care for him. But by the way, everyone, she's talking about uh, Austin's girlfriend, Emma. 
who is also who is played by Ophelia Loveabon. Shout out to her because she made you really dislike her. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that was the 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 goal in that character was for you to dislike her because she was so it's all about me you need to do stuff to make me happy kind of like she kind of had that kind of personality throughout the entire you know like your boyfriend is telling you listen you don't want to look at these dead bodies. She's like, oh, I can do it. I could do it. And then when she gets scared from Tommy jingling the bell on uh the dead body's ankle, she's scared. And Austin laughs at her. Now she want to be mad and be like, uh, I'll see how funny it is when you don't get laid. Like, oh, now you want to be like, now yeah. you're mad. <laughs> now you're mad. Like you were, you thought it was hilarious when you scared me. Now it's not funny. Like, yeah, all right. That was, oh, God. <laughs> Um, you know, speaking of uh, Tommy, I like when he said that everybody has a secret because it is true, um, in a mental and physical way. Like with Jane and all her ritualistic symbols, and his wife and her crippling depression. So you got the physical part, which was Jane, and the mental part, which was his wife. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Like, and I think that too, um, was important because you know with his wife you know she really suffered from depression to the point that i think would she kill herself um yeah i think she killed herself um and you know of course there's guilt over that from tommy because that's his wife you know what i mean there's definitely right guilt from austin as his mom you know because because he called her ray like ray of sunshine because she had this you know sunny personality but see that's the thing with people i think a lot of times people do not pay enough attention to People that are super happy and super peppy all the time, there's something deep within them. A lot of times, there's with people like that that are always constantly happy. Something is deep within them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and and I liked that aspect of it too because you've seen how it affected both the son and the dad. And I, I really, excuse me, I really appreciated that. I agree. I agree. A hundred percent. Uh, I'm just gonna say this. Uh, it's something on a, on a little bit of a lighter note. When Tommy Tilden told Sheriff Burke, I'm not pissing in your grits here, I <laughs> lost it. Like, bro, what? I have never heard that analogy a day in my life. I might start using it on the regular just because. Like, that, oh that, shit, like that, shit, that shit was funny as heck, yo. I was on the floor when he said that. But uh, something I want to say is um, we said this in the beginning of the podcast. Well, no, you said it at the beginning of this podcast of how underrated this movie is. This movie is so severely underrated. First off, not a whole lot of people even know that it exists. Which is crazy. Which is. You guys better know. You call yourself horror fans. Right, but and and that blows my mind. Um, like, it had a six million dollar budget, and it only grossed six million dollars. So they only broke even off of this movie. That is phenomenal. Like, th- this is 
I mean, there was a there was a few movies in 2016 that were really good, but this this is definitely. I feel like this movie is definitely up there in the top three or four horror movies of 2016. Definitely. Like, it just blows my mind that it is just unknown like this. Um. Like, for goodness sake, it it got an eighty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, like You're that. Right. That's not easy to do. For for I mean, there's movies that have you know that have nineties and oh, yeah. um some, stuff some, like some that. Some movies I'm just like goodbye. That exactly did not that rating, but okay. Exactly, but uh, a good vast majority of movies get like sixty percent and sixty percent are usually like good movies. Like you would think like, oh, you would watch a movie and be like, oh, that's a good movie and it'll be like sixty on Rotten Tomatoes and you're like, that is cr-. like how is it sixty? Like you would think it would be they more. Be literally possessed. Like, right? <laughs> but uh yeah. It it I just I just can't believe that this movie could be that severely underrated. Um like and honestly i'm really shocked in the director that um this was his first horror movie he had like other movies but this was his first horror movies like apparently they said when like when i was doing research apparently they were saying that he wasn't even interested in making horror movies until he saw the opening to um the conjuring he said that he watched The Conjuring on opening night and immediately called his, uh, you know, called his manager or whoever. He called and was like, get me a horror script. And this is the uh, script that they ended up finding for him. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's, that's even better because one of the things that we talked about before that we love about this movie, that it takes place in one area. One area. Like... They had the balls to do that and make it good. Certain movies try that and brutally fail. So kudos to them, cause <laughs> for sure. Cause I think what the one of the only other movies that you can say pulled that off phenomenally, phenomenally is probably like Phone Booth. Oh my gosh, Phone Booth. Yeah, Phone Booth pulled that off. <laughs> phone Booth literally said. took like, place in a phone booth the entire movie. Phone Booth like, was so good. I don't care. Like, I it, it don't get. Listen, it's not horror related, but it's still a thriller. So, if y'all listen, I cannot wait to see Phone Booth. Okay, because that I really, I I still watch that to this day. That movie was so good. Oh, for sure. Like for Colin sure. Farrell. Like, and that's the thing. You had a supporting actors that made that movie good. Colin Farrell. Um. Forrest Whitaker, freaking what's bald head dude's name? I can never remember that dude's name. The one that the bald head one, the one that was in the one that's in that show you watch now on one or whatever it is, and the one that's uh, in Why Did I Get Married? The first one and the second one, but him, he he was awesome. Even like his wife and his girlfriend, like just everybody just went together. The prostitutes, they had the comedic relief. Like everybody just went together. Keeper Sutherland. Did the out of that role? You didn't even see him another, in the movie. I was about to say that. That's another. That's another uh, actor who is phenomenal uh, in everything that I've seen him in. Yeah, definitely. Um, but not to get too far off topic, you know that we just wanted to let y'all know that that's a great movie and not 
is another movie that we feel did a very good job with making, you know, a movie that takes place in one place and make it still be so interesting that you're invested throughout the entire movie. Um, I, don't know. I do like the difference between Austin and Tommy, though, too. Yeah. Austin is prone to how to the how and why, while Tommy is hell bent on just the how. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, and Tommy's been doing it a lot longer. I mean, I'm sure when he first got into the business, he he probably wanted to know no, more. No, it wasn't that. It was it was his life passing. It was what changed him. That just made him stop wanting to even, you know. Because he was so emotionally, like, I can't think of the word for some reason right now, but he was emotionally detached. So he, he just kept separating his emotions where Austin kind of was like, you do kind of need, and that's the thing, though. For real, for real, we want to be honest, in, in, in any type of work of the mortuary business, you do kind of, like, want to come to that conclusion because the why does help the how, to be honest. Yeah. It, it can. It definitely can, for sure. Um, but like you said, when his wife passed, he he really did, like, detach himself from a lot of things. Not even just that. Like, he detached himself from his son, like, not wanting to talk about, not, like, not wanting to talk about it. Like, for example, when his son found Stanley the cat in yeah. the vent, and uh, he had to, uh, Tommy had to put him down and then cremate him. And he just wanted to go, he, all he wanted to do was go back to work. And uh, Austin's like, dad, you can talk to me. He was like, there's nothing that I need to talk to you about. It's like, bro, yeah. like you can visibly see like that hurt. Like you, you even said that's one of the last few things that you have from your wife. Yeah, you know, like screw his son though. Just saying. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean he he's said, like, that's the he, last thing I ever had from my wife, like. He, like, well, he, said, right he said one of the few things he had left. So he, he put his son in there, but he's like, he, he <laughs> I feel like low key, very low key. I feel like Tommy knew that his son wanted, like he, his son was thinking about leaving too. And that's why he said that because, Maybe. you know, like he's like, it's one of the last things I have left of, of your mom. It's like, you're probably, like, you're going to, eventually, you're you're going to leave and go mm. on and have your own family. And, like, it's just a fact of life. That's true. So, he's like, you know, Stanley the Cat is probably the only living thing that I have left from your mom that will constantly be around. That's true. So, I mean... Yeah, he definitely should have talked, and he should have talked more uh, beforehand, but, like, you know, at the end, just like most movies, he finally gets that realization of how much his son means to him. Right. And, like, you know, and wants to protect him from, you know, uh, Jane Doe and all the things that she is doing. Um. One of the things uh, I liked, I like the small details, like from the radio changing, you know, like not even that part when it's like, one thing's for sure, you're not going anywhere. Now that was cool too. Mm -hmm. I really, 
first of all, I have to, because I said I have to talk about, like, that was, that was so awesome. Because, like, Austin's face, that realization of, holy <laughs> We're shit. We're Like, we are really done. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, that was definitely, um, I enjoyed that. But I think, you know, from the radio changing, you know, with hearing, I personally believe, and I think that's what they were trying to show, was that she was portraying what happened to her on that uh, radio when they first, when he was first about to make the first incision, and all your, and you're like, ah, all that screaming, screaming. like, yep. you know, um, so the changing in the, excuse me, the radio, especially at the end when it was like, it's a fourth straight day of sunshine, meanwhile, you just heard this whole storm going on the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, to the peat moss in her hair and the origins of it make this movie so much more than what it is. Oh, for sure. You know, they really went into that because you're you're not going to know about everything on the planet. So when I first seen it, I'm like, I don't even know what gentle weed is. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I didn't even know what peat moss was. I'm like, I know moss, what's peat moss? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm tripping, but... You know, I, I think they, they put a lot of detail into that and they made sure, like, you start to, like, when he was reading about, like, okay, um, the Jensen weed being a uh, paralytic, you know, okay, so she was paralyzed. Okay, then you read about, you know, Pete Moss being coming from out of north and all that stuff. Like, so she came a far way to where they are. So they're like, so you're trying to figure out, like, who, it, like, and they start diving into more details. And you're starting thinking, like, okay, if, this is the case, and this is where she came from. She's definitely like thousands of years old, like you know sure. what I'm saying. Yeah, um, so which is another thing. I mean, of course, that's like in the movie world because so it's kind of gonna like blow in the wind. But how many murders have happened with her being around? <laughs> like, Pro- I mean, honestly, probably a lot, but it probably won't really that. It probably wouldn't really like coincide with like other like because for example, just like at the end of this movie, um, Sheriff Burke is like, uh, she was like, okay, like what you want to do? Pack her up, uh, take her down the street to whoever the hell's mortuary, and he's like, no, get that shit out of my town. And I probably was the last sheriff in another town. Like, get sure. that shit as far away from where we at Somebody should have had a conversation about it. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. For but sure. that makes more sense than that. But yeah, like, I think that um, they put a lot of detail into that, and I definitely appreciate that because then, you, you know, you start to understand it more. Um, one of the parts is when the, one of the ghouls is coming after them and they're trying to like they're in an elevator and they're trying to get to go like I would have personally loved to have seen what Emma saw as she was approaching them you know like since Jane can bend time and space around her what was she seeing like was she just like walking through and she just I don't know she just thought they were like messing with the elevator or something or like you know because that's crazy because she made no noise and if the ghoul kept coming the ghoul kept coming the ghoul kept coming like and you seen the face of the ghoul so it wasn't like you know what I mean right like I just I really wanted kind of to know that you know and since they were the ones that did it I'm kind of wondering why she killed him because you remember what he said about she felt all that torture and she's still in the whole autopsy so it's like she was just basically that's her revenge that's what she was doing i'm like what the heck i didn't do anything even though i didn't like her but she didn't do anything yeah she was just a dick <laughs> but i mean you're right i mean she didn't do anything and she could have just let her 
go. But I mean, I feel like it it might have partly been it probably had nothing to do with Emma. It was part of uh, Austin's torture. Seeing oh, somebody true. that he loved. No, but you know, he did say that thing too. Remember, he was like, he was like, because I think Austin said like, well, why us? He was like, he was like, why us? Why anybody? He was like, he was like, everybody's innocent just like she was. He was like, he was like, we were just stops along the way. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what that was too. Exactly. And another thing, uh, which you like bringing up, uh, her being able to bend space and time. Um, there is a point where um, Tommy and Austin realize like shit is going crazy um, and they try to call Sheriff Burke and they're talking to him and everything and the phone goes out and I want to know if it was like she completely fed this like I'm, I'm wondering like did she completely fabricate that entire conversation and they never spoke to him or they actually did get in touch with him and then she just started going to the phone and made it go out you know that that was a part that i kept wondering because i'm like because i'm like okay if you're if i'm on the phone with somebody for example and you can you 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 know he answers the phone all right but like yo we're here we need help or whatever and he was like what did you say i can't really hear you and then it goes out me myself would be like i'm gonna go see what i'm gonna go just check in to see why he called oh be it. nobody's doing that why nobody's not? gonna nobody is gonna you know how many times our phones are hung up on each other did you come all the way to the, to the house and be like are you good <laughs> like well i would well i guess he at work too i was about to be like well i'm at work but his job is literally to protect and serve so his job is to yeah, check in on but people i'm saying he believes she's dead you know what i mean so it's not like he had something to be concerned with but if it's about the case, like okay, he's he's he knows that it's Tommy calling. If he's calling, he knows that he just dropped off the box. Whether she's dead or not, she he's probably he should be thinking he's either calling about the case, and it's something that it's like urgent because it's like you're it's the middle of the night. Why are you calling me? If, well, if we don't it, know what time it was, remember? Huh? We don't know what time it was when he called him. Yeah, because a few, like, a little bit later, Emma came back. They were supposed to be going to the movies at night. That's true. Well, remember... She and she was, was coming back at, like, 12 or something. So, by that time, it had to have been, like, 10, was, 11. Was, yeah, it was, a, I think it was 11, because I think he was, looking, remember, he was looking at the clock, and it was, like, what, 1040 or something like that. Something like that, yeah. But, um, oh, no, maybe it was technically 940. Because even when they brought it down, he was, like... You know, Burke wouldn't just bring down a body this late for no reason. Yeah. Well, hold on. First of all, why the hell did he bring it down so damn late? Because he damn sure came. Like, it was like like 1 p.m. when he found that body. Just saying. Well, you know, he got let the he got let the investigators do all their stuff before he removes the body. Like, they got to take the pictures. I and... mean, big facts. But she ain't going to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. I don't know. But 
uh, again, yeah, I, again, you have to be realistic with the thought process. Even if I am waiting on something from somebody, like, I, I still wouldn't have rushed over. You know what I'm saying? Um, I would have came just like he did in the morning. Like, okay, so, you know, I probably thinking like, his phone died, whatever the heck. So I'm coming, and then I'm going to see what's up. And I, I think that was one of the things I appreciate, too, because Burke, we need people like Burke in this world. Because he came, looked around, she said, there is no sign of a break-in. He was like, I've noticed things for 20 years. Whatever happened, that ain't it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was not playing. Like, and then, yeah, like you said, <laughs> she was like, oh, we get, it. No, get her out of my county. He was Swear. not playing. Like, he was like, I'm done. Like, and I understand that. See, that's smart decisions. In that's why I like certain movies like that, where you make smart decisions. You know, um, I'm not saying, like, every little decision got to be super, super intelligent, but I think movies are better when you make smart decisions and then, like, maybe some stuff still happens, like how at the end when her toe did that wiggle in the car. Because mm -hmm. now we know she's mobile. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um... You know, especially because remember when Tommy was like, "Don't take, you know, don't hurt him," and he's like, "Oh, let me help you." And then she took everything she needed internally, right? And then, you know, whatever. Um, I really liked that, and I really liked the way the whole movie transitioned and all that stuff. Um, and I like the fear that was on that was on their faces, like like when you remember like when the lights went off and stuff, like when they broke yeah. or whatever. And he was like. So to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Even though we feel as though we we seen it from the beginning. We feel as though you should have been out of there. You bring the body down and the cat start hissing. Facts. It should be uh I look look, we all know animals be knowing shit before we do. They if <laughs> if you bring something into my house and my like and my dog or cat start hissing or growling. Get the shit out of my house. I'm telling you. Good. I don't even care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't even care why they're growling. Exactly. Just get it out. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> and I don't even know if I want you to come back. Right? Like, shoot. Like, you bring an artifact. Like, like oh, I got this stone today. And Mitten start hissing. Got the go. Swear. Like, like get that shit out of my house. Because <laughs> I'm going to immediately assume that's witchcraft, evil. Right? Exactly. That's witchcraft. <laughs> like, on everything. I'm immediately be like, you're. that's definitely witchcraft. Get it out. <laughs> Like, don't play with me. Like, that is the end of you and that artifact. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that was that was so crazy. And it's more scary to think about what she's going to do because she's mobile now. Mm -hmm. And please, because I'm glad they didn't. They just do not make a second one. Leave it on a cliffhanger. I'm cool with that because... I feel like that's the best way to do it. Y'all kill Sinister 2, okay? Do not be them. Don't be them. Don't be the ring 2. Just leave it where it's at and... I'm Problem saying. solved. I'm, I'm just cool. saying there are just some movies that even though even though you ended where you know that there could be another movie, doesn't always mean you need another movie. I'm just like I'm just saying like it doesn't always have to. And but like you said, it's a super cash grab. You know, like you make a lot of money, you're like, oh, I need to make another one. And I feel like honestly. If they wouldn't have, if they wouldn't have broke even on this movie, there would have been a second one. But since they, they probably feel like, oh, there's no money in this movie, 
Like you can't make no money off of this movie. There is not going to make a se- they're not going to make a second one. Or if they do, it's going to be like years and years down the line. Yeah. And I'm not going to care or they're going to grab somebody else to play her and I'm not, I'm definitely not going to care about that. Facts, bro. Facts, though. <laughs> like, yo, you cannot get nobody, you cannot get nobody else but Owen Kelly to play Jane Doe. You just can't do it. Just like you can't get no, you, they tried, but you can't get nobody else to play Freddy Krueger. Like, yeah, sorry, it's no. not. There's just people that are just, like, that's a, that's a positive on her point because Facts. she didn't even say nothing. So, you can't, you can't get nobody to play, um, Chucky, other than Brad Dorf. You can't get nobody to play Freddy other than, was it, Robert England? Yep. You can't get nobody to play Jane Doe. It's just not a thing, okay? Facts. 100%. You don't do it. Like, it just, it, no. Like, I, that's the end of that. You know, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe that's what made the ring piece up, too, because they didn't use the uh, Vey Chase for, for Samara. They used some random person. I'm like, just because she's probably a ghost person. You know, I'm not even going to go there. That's another t- conversation for, for another, another day time. When we actually work I'm in actually the ring. I'm going to be annoyed about it. I'm annoyed about it just even talking about it. But that it is all for now. What would you rate that? That's like, I do like a rating from like one to ten. One being like, I could totally watch this movie in a haunted house with a pentagram and a freaking Ouija board. And then ten is like, that's witchcraft, right? That's definitely witchcraft. And this movie, for me, falls definitely closer to this shit is witchcraft. Because <laughs> that shit, like, there there was a couple of, like, I've already watched this movie like five or six times. And it still, when we watched it, to get ready for this recording, there was still a part that almost made me jump. I'm like, what the? I already, I knew it was coming and it still almost got me. That's the stuff you like. That is definitely a positive on their part. So, okay, it was good talking to you horror fans again. And remember to share this podcast to your friends. Um, Next week, what should we do next week? I you know what? Next week we will do Eli. So until then, four fans unite. Two fingers.